in the fighting, um, as you guys were in the midst of the fighting, you noticed that um, Arthur, who had, I don't think actually was there last session, so you had, you had not seen Arthur, but um, coming out of uh, an alleyway right at the very end of the fight um, was uh, the rather uh, troubled-looking figure of Urash, um, who had been uh, stumbling around in an attempt to find you guys over the last evening. As you know, you've been busy doing a whole lot of stuff, um, and Urash was not uh, was not sort of kept privy to all of the things you guys were doing until now, when he went towards the loudest sound of noise, which was the sound of a raging inferno happening in the northwest portion of the town, um, and discovered a bunch of dead thugs and an angry town militia, led by the uh, mayor, uh, the Lord Protector of Tribor, Cordelia Oldfield. Now, uh, for those of you who don't remember in chat, Cordelia Oldfield is the one who originally hired this intrepid group to discover what was happening uh, with this gray man and with these strange occurrences, farmers disappearing appearing, uh, houses being raised to the ground, um, people disappearing under mis- mysterious circumstances, um, killings happening, sightings of strange things. And so, um, as you've just heard from uh, Selsig, that description um, pretty much explains what you know now is that St. Cuthbert is apparently responsible, if you can believe, um, if you can believe uh, Alberich Grimstone, who told you all this. And so, you guys are now facing down a very upset uh, Cordelia Oldfield and town militia, and some uh, dead uh, thugs behind you. And so um, as the uh, fire continues to burn behind you, um, there are, uh, you see now some townspeople um, coming in with large uh, wagons that they're pushing forward, almost like wheelbarrows. And then in them are these sort of jostling uh, vats of what looks like water. And you see townspeople sort of immediately, you know, trying to, um, you know, put water on the flames. Um, And in the meantime, uh, Cordelia sort of strides forward, flanked by two of her military uh, advisors or military uh, people. And she says to you, um, she actually walks up to you, Greta, and says, All right, I'll ask this question once. What the hell is all this? Fire. Um, <clears throat> um, we, we were attacked. We were ambushed. They tried to kill us. Um, they, they had um, barrels of oil, and they, they set the street on fire. Mm, who are these people that you refer to? Uh, I don't know. It, it it mainly happened while um I was out of it, and I think my my comrades here encountered them. South sick. Who were these people? What do you know about Sharky, man? And uh, so Cordelia says she kind of folds her arms and says, "Sharky, who exactly? What am I supposed to know about Sharky?" Well, he seems to know about us, and he has a very vested interest, apparently, in seeing that we don't follow your instructions. And she sort of looks, and one of her, uh, one of the, a, a dwarf um, figure who you recognize as the leader of the local militia, um, kind of whispers up to her, into her ear, and she sort of listens down and then kind of nods and says, Hmm, yes, it would be possible that Sharky could do something like this, but it's not like him to be this brazen about it. What exactly did you do to anger him to this degree? And she kind of looks at all of you collectively. We existed. And and so and and so she sees and she sees you, um, and she notices that that Greta has had sort of like a separation from justice, sort of like they're not looking at each other for some reason, and there's some kind of awkwardness there, and she doesn't really know why. And uh, and and so she kind of looks at at both of you and says, uh, "I don't understand what you mean. We existed." These are petty criminals and thieves. They've never bothered to do anything that would really cause danger to the citizens here. Why on earth would they have any interest in you? 
Well, that's what we'd like to know. I mean, during our investigation, uh, a couple of fellas identifying as associates of this sharky uh, advised us it would not be in our best interest to continue pursuing our investigation. We told them where they could stick their suggestion, and they promised there would be repercussions. And uh, you hear sort of a uh, shout, and you look over just in time to see um, one portion of a uh, burning uh, roof on fire sort of collapse into a local house, making this loud noise, uh, right? And you hear this sort of roar, um, and they they, decided, they sort of look around at each, look around at each other, and uh, then the you know the townspeople rush over to continue to help. Uh, she looks back at you and says, uh, and says, hmm. She says the truth is. If Sharky's decided to get into this sort of business, it means he's upped his game considerably. But this is not a discussion that we need to have here. All of you, come with me. Uh, might we assist with the fire? <laughs> Seems slightly more pressing than whatever Sharky's up to. And she, she looks back as she sees the townspeople sort of like pouring water in the flames, and she says, I believe you've already assisted enough with the fire to date. I'd actually like people who know how to put them out rather than set them <laughs> We didn't start the fire. And she it was said, always burning since the world turned. <laughs> uh, she says, and when you are gone, it will still burn on and on and on. Okay. Um, she, so she, uh, she, uh, she takes all of you I and just says to her ways, put their hands in. And yeah. <laughs> and she says, she says to her militia leader, whose name is only Billius Joel, and says, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not going to take that. Um, but she, that was really terrible. Um, but she says, um, she says, uh, in truth, I don't think it would be wise for the rest of you to be out here. Some of you are going to create a riot one way or the other. And as you guys look around, you notice that uh, there's some, there's quite a crowd, obviously, now that's gathered. And you see that some of them um, are sort of looking angrily at the four of you and kind of whispering and muttering to each other, um, with a few in particular looking at you, Urash. And then there's a few others who seem to be sort of grinning at you, Urash, and kind of pumping their fists and stuff like that. And so if you had to guess, you would assume that some of them are sort of leftover people who remember the epic arm wrestling match and don't care about the fire, and other ones are ones who are suspicious in general principles of half-orcs and um, think that you must be responsible for it. Um, they also have a couple of looks for uh, justice as well. Um, and it seems like the crowd is either half ugly, half sort of, you know, celebrity watching, and either way is probably not a good combination. And so um, you can see the kind of crowd is, is buzzing. And so uh, Cordelia says, look, come follow me. This is not the place to have this discussion. I limp along. Okay. All right. Um, I, I slink I, along I with them. Follow the group. Sorry, I just had to turn on my light. Uh, oh, and speaking of limping along, I want to confirm. Justice, you have, I believe, six hit points at last check. Uh, let me take a gander. Yep. I really hope I've been healed. Uh, Urash has got 17, having been out of the fight. Uh, Selsig has got 11, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Greta, you have six. Oh, just to, just, just, just to cover this, because some sure. people in the chat were asking about it earlier. Uh, the chair is no longer a part of the group. Oh. Yeah, the chair has been left behind. Yeah. I don't remember where you left it, though, to be honest. I left what? it at uh, Longfellow's. Longfellow's place because right, uh, right, right. we tied the were-at lady to it. That's right, that's right. So, oh, that's what happened to her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right, I forgot oh, about I that. Okay. So, uh, Greta, you're at six, I believe. Hit points? Yes. Okay. That's, yeah, uh, currently I'm at six. Okay. 
Um, all right. So um, assuming that you all follow her, as you say, um, she sort of hurries you uh, along the street, along with a couple of her military, a uh, couple of their, their advisors. Um, and if you uh, cast your attention to the Rule 20 screen, um, so this uh, ambush happens somewhere in this, this corner, as I recall. Um, and so she kind of takes you through some of these kind of back ways and, and areas um, and then eventually brings you over to this um, large building right over here. Um, and this large building is pretty well known in Tribor as being a sort of all-purpose courthouse, prison, um, place where you throw drunkards uh, to sleep things off after a night on the town. Um, it's a place where you've got a bunch of ne'er-do-wells, essentially. And so she hurries you into the uh, first floor of this place. It's a two-floor structure, um, kind of large and squat, and it's uglier and, frankly, smellier on the inside than it is on the outside. As you walk in, um, you hear sort of a rattling sound, people sort of uh, yelling out um, you know, obscenities here and there, drunken and otherwise, um, and and uh, she walks past this uh, set, basically down the road of the down the um, uh, hallway, and there are these um, bars that are being rattled on both sides, and uh, people uh, yelling obscenities at the mayor. People start yelling obscenities at you. You hear um, racial slurs of various descriptions, at, you know, arrayed at gnomes, uh, halflings, uh, half orcs, and dragonborn. Um, as you all pass, shall we throw them back as well? Uh, you, I mean, if, if you wish to do so, but they are currently locked uh, into the locked into the sort of prison cells as you go by. And uh, finally, she ushers you into a small uh, room in the other end and follows you in. Um, looks like a small, almost kind of like a little office area with a desk and a chair. Um, and she and she sits down at uh, the chair that's behind the desk. Her two military advisors, these two, again, that one dwarf and then another larger human um, are all sort of standing with their arms folded in front of the door. And you guys all just sort of stand awkwardly um, in the uh, in the center of the room. She does not offer you a place to sit because there aren't any other chairs. And um, she looks up at you and she says, you know, I'd asked you to make an investigation that would make things easier, not more difficult. Perhaps I didn't explain that we're in the middle of an election and the last thing that we need is more embarrassment to be brought to this office. You've made things intensely more difficult for me at this point. I feel we weren't given information that might have avoided this situation that it seems was absolutely important. What sort of information do you mean? I gave you all the information that I was aware of, except for this sharky person who's never been a major concern before. Well, in that case, I think you need to upgrade your spy network, ma'am. And she says, I was trying to when I hired people like you. We're not from this town! That's exactly... We didn't know about Sharky! And she, she says, I didn't really believe that Sharky would be a concern. All right, all right, listen. Bring me up to speed on what you know so far. This is going to make things even worse unless you figured out a way to solve the problem with the Grey Man. Uh, I know yeah. at this point. Uh, up to you. <laughs> um, we do want to solve the problem with the Grey Man, but you might not like the solution to this. Because the Grey Man, as our investigation has shown, is actually... Hang on, hang on. I don't necessarily know if we should tell her that. <laughs> of course, as you whisper this to her, you're literally five feet from her. So, so she says that, it's just like... And she looks up at you and she's like, tell me what? Mm, um... 
I look around unsure at my and the other people just to see maybe at their reaction if they have any opinion on that. I am <laughs> clueless stood in the corner. I don't know what you guys are going to say. I just smile and nod encouragingly. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the easiest thing to say is that we figured out that the Grey Man is a wraith. So What? A wraith. That's how we know how to deal with them. And and she sort of looks around. Yeah. A wraith. That's oh, that, that's that's, that's terrible. What I but, to say. but but a wraith is a wraith is generally not corporeal. You you can't really see it. I mean, just sort of maybe a kind of echo. I, my impression was that it was a an actual solid creature of some kind. It's a very powerful wraith. It's very very. It's a bad one. You've got a special case of wraithness here. And, and so she sort of looks, he looks at uh, the others, and the others kind of give her these wide-eyed expressions. And she looks back and says, well, what, what is this wraith? Why is it coming to attack us? From what we have, uh, what we know so far, it has a special connection to this town. And, um... Oh, special connection. Well, uh, it, it's obviously, it's a connection that we need to address. Perhaps it's a creature that did was there some crime that we committed in our past perhaps there's something that we can do to to make recompense to cause this thing to go away uh, if, if i could only we think of what the great saint cuthbert would think at this very moment about about a wraith attacking his town it's it's horrible and it will make things impossible for me this the feast of saint cuthbert is happening just in the next several days yeah um so far our solution would be to destroy the wraith if we can. Very well. Well, first we must have some information about it, I assume. What, what is this wraith? Do we know anything about it? We know it's gray. <laughs> we know it's gray. We know it's, we a, know gray it's wraith. a wraith. That's pretty much that's pretty much all you need to know. It's attacking the town. It needs to go. So we we think that actually um, the the feast of Saint Cuthbert coming up. Uh, might be the time this evil creature has chosen um, for for his um, attack on your town, and we were we have the um, suspicion that we that that he is, is focusing on Saint Cuthbert in a way, and we need to get to his memorial and um, destroy it. Des Not the memorial, the wraith. wraith. She kind of has this horrified expression, like, destroy it! Like, um, <laughs> and she says, oh, oh, I, I thought you meant to destroy. Of course, no, if, no, if we, no, did, no, if we no, destroyed no. the memorial of St. Cuthbert, the most honored no. person in the history of our oh town, God, no. that would no, be uh, no, just no, no. a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, we, well, we, okay. Today was an exception. We normally don't destroy buildings. And she sort of... She says, you know, I, I had heard some rumors of other things happening in the town. There was an incident that I was told about in a market square involving you and an, uh, some kind of competition. And at the I end of it, the entire know. market square was in chaos. And I believe a half-orc was involved in some way. And her eyes swivel, Urash, to you. And she says, I swear no, that we don't I have many half-orcs in our town, you know. I, I swear that I don't remember anything of, of that incident. I have... I have not... No, I wasn't there. She looks at you, or uh, She's like, do you remember this incident? I fold my arms. I have a big smug grin on my face. And I start nodding my head a little bit, giving ample time for any of the other team members to jump in and interrupt this <laughs> conversation before I blatantly turn around and say something. There was apples. It, it, it was, <laughs> it was sim simply a matter of... Uh, 
of of in, in investigation and uh and and uh stress relief that would a little awry but you know nothing nothing bad came of it everybody's all right so Aye, it was a glorious arm wrestling contest. I was training. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was auditioning to join their merry group. I think I passed. And she, so she, she looks at you and says, "Yes, apparently you did. At least you managed to avoid setting the market on fire. That seems to be a step up." Like I said, I was there. I all right. So the four of you who have decided to join this little expedition, including you, and she looks again at you, Arash, and says, whom I did not hire, but will assume they will figure out your payment for themselves, have managed to discover that some creature, a wraith, is attacking our town and attempting to, in some ways, attack the memory of the great, honorable, and deeply important to our people, St. Cuthbert. I, uh, I see that's what we have so far. All right, well... I, I suppose that's better than nothing. Well, how do you propose to destroy this wraith? You can't just go there and fight it. There must be some way to address it. I don't really have much in this information. And then uh, the same dwarf leans down and whispers, actually walks over her, takes a step forward, I should say, and leans down to her at the chair and whispers just, you know, very quietly in her, in her ear. And she um, looks back up at nods and she says, yes, yes, you make a good point. Um, it occurs to me that there might be some who would be willing to help you. Uh, for example, Father Longfellow, who works at the Shrine of Timora, might be one who would be responsible. If you like, we could go to the shrine, I'm sure he's unoccupied at the moment, and speak to him a little bit about this situation. Perhaps he might be able to shed some light on the circumstances. Um, I can't see any reason that we wouldn't want to go to that shrine at the moment. Can any of you? Out of character, didn't we kind of promise to keep him out of this if he helped us? <laughs> uh, out of character, yes. You also have a were-rat <laughs> sitting on a chair in his room, yeah. just saying, but anyway. Which may, may or may not we, be cured. We un- I see. We untied her, we untied her. Oh, that's right, that's right. She's still unconscious, though, I believe. Um, but yeah, you did. I see no problem with this. What about you, friends? <laughs> so, you think that, so, so you think it might look bad for the priest if we send the official people to his house when there is a young unconscious girl lying in his bed i have no clue how that could cause any trouble probably not the, probably not the worst thing he's been caught with <clears throat> okay so um <laughs> longfellow has already assisted us quite a bit in our uh, in this particular investigation so i wouldn't want to needlessly bother him when i'm not exactly sure what more he could add oh um I he did strike well, me as a timid fellow, and, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men turning up, or queen in this case, your honour, <laughs> turning up on his doorstep. Uh, might not go so well with his disposition, but we could certainly go and talk with him again, mm. on the quiet, like. Well, so there is that problem. This situation with Sharky is troubling to me. You say that Sharky wanted somehow to get at me through you? That seems to be the gist of it. Mm. Sharky's always been a small, insignificant operator in this town, not of particular importance. Why would he choose this moment? And then she sort of, and, and as she's saying that, she kind of, her eyes widen and she's like, wait a minute. And she kind of, sort of looks around and uh, summons the other person, the human, who's been standing there, and he kind of walks and she whispers up to something and he bows and then quickly exits. Um, and uh, she says... I've gone to send, I've sent him for some information, but I'm troubled about what this may mean. 
It could be that this is an attempt by Sharkey to influence this election. He knows very well that I have no interest in allowing his crime ring to continue. Perhaps he's decided that it would be better if my opponent won, someone who is much more capable of allowing, turning a blind eye to some of the problems that we've seen in my city. I will not allow that to happen, and perhaps he's decided that the time has come to fire a shot across the bow, so to speak. And she kind of, you know, sort of shakes her head and sighs, and she says, ah, This is the problem with politics. There's always someone who's waiting to attack you again, when all I've intended to do is do what I can for my people. And then she looks back up and says, All right, well, the problem is this. I can't just let you walk out of here and go visit the priest or go to the memorial, as far as that's concerned. Because if I do... And as she says this, you hear sort of distant, like kind of a distant sort of like, it sounds like maybe shouting or sort of crying or yelling or something. Um, and then it occurs to you that um, it is coming from outside the walls um, of the building where you guys are. You can actually hear the sound um, outside. And, and she says, that is what I'm talking about. The townspeople are going to be very, very difficult to calm down at this moment. Many of them have already wanted whoever was responsible for the fire, the destruction in the market, and everything else to happen, and they're already driven to a fever pitch by the effect of the gray man. So some of them are going to be looking for someone to blame. For example, a group of out-of-town people, none of whom are human. And she looks back at all of you, and she says, I don't condone this kind of racism, but it probably exists. Excuse me, like excuse me. We are 4 a.m. in the morning. Where do they all come from? They were called out of their beds upon hearing that half of the town was on fire. Town so what fire. you're saying... It was maybe a little street. It wasn't half of the town. <laughs> By the time if you guys were done, to... there was more than one street. <laughs> but it wasn't half the town. That's maybe an exaggeration. But if you wanted to give him someone to blame, why not give him the person who is to blame? Sharky. I will attempt to do what I can to calm them. And indeed, Sharky has already been brought up. The problem is that Sharky is not present and the only ones who could corroborate your story are the people who you apparently have already killed. That means that it will be difficult to bring him to ground. I will send my men to try to do what I can to bring him to justice, but until I do, it's going to be difficult to let you walk around the town freely. And you then is there another way to out lock us in? It's not me trying to do it, you understand. It's the circumstances that we face. If I let you out there right now, there'll be a bloodbath, a brawl of epic proportions. And what's going to be done about the grey man? That's exactly my problem. I don't know what to do. The only thing I can tell you is, and she kind of, at this point, she looks up and um, looks at the, uh, at the dwarf, and she nods to him, and the dwarf nods back, and he then exits. And she says, the only thing I can tell you is that although I can't let you out of this place with my knowledge, and she stands up and she kind of walks to the door, if you were, for example to make good your escape somehow without me being aware of it, and she opens the door, then I would be forced to deal with the situation in the town and not spend resources trying to track all of you down as you went down to, let's say, a memorial for someone in the south of the town. I start tugging the two people nearest to me. And she steps back a couple of steps. And she we steps back a couple completely. of steps. And Let's she be says, going. Let's be going. <laughs> yeah, she steps, she steps back a we couple of steps. We can't just go. We can't be escape prisoner. That's against the law. It is against the law. But at the moment, if you don't do that, you're going to be stuck in here. I'm going to lose election. 
And do you think the person who comes in after me is going to be more interested in releasing you or taking the next obvious step? Excuse me. I and my, by my associate Dan, we are both a paladins extraordinaire. We will not be seen as common criminals and let them be kept with them, nor labeled as such. And guardians of justice and never, righteousness never, cannot allow can that. I, can I I've, never, I've never done on... an unlawful thing in my life. <laughs> um, okay, so Rush, yes. Can I just put my hand on Justice's shoulder and just say, my friend, think of the greater good. There is a powerful wraith that we can slay together as brothers in arms. Surely we can escape this measly stone cage in order to fight such a battle. Okay, but if there is going to be a trial, we will then come back for the trial, right? We will do the right Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yes, of course. We do that. Um, and she says, "We are uh, hiding in the shadow of the law, not avoiding it completely." She yes, says, "Yes, you are certainly doing that." She says, <laughs> and "She says that is." She says, "Yes, that's that's well said." Um, and I can tell you only that Thank my you. suggestion would be that you avoid the center of town, or indeed most of its outskirts, until we've resolved this problem. If you're able to deal with the Gray Man, well, that would certainly help with any trial that exists. In the meantime, I'll do what I can to try to find Sharky. He will pay for this, I promise. And uh, as she says this, you hear behind her sort of this, like, you know, at the front, the door, you know, beyond her. And she says, oh, she's all right. Um, I have to go out and see what I can do to calm them down. Um, again, if any of you happen to make your way out of here without my knowledge, that would be unfortunate for the law, but perhaps fortunate for you. And she sort of nods at you knowingly and then closes the door and you hear this chunk on the other side um as she leaves as if uh a bolt has been thrown to on the other side and then the steps are receding i don't waste I just, any time i just immediately yeah, bolt for the I, exit <laughs> i want to point to Celsic and go you you tiny man who can go invisible do do the thing find us a way out <laughs> okay so let me describe this room a little bit so uh this is not a big room um as i mentioned it was probably about maybe 20 feet by 20 feet. Um, it's, it's not that big, maybe even 15 by 15. Um, it's got a desk um, in the corner and seems to have no windows except on the sort of top uh, northeastern corner of the room. Uh, there is what looks like a window with a single bar down the center of it. And you can't tell if it's a wooden bar or an iron bar, but some kind of bar um, that is blocking off um, the uh, access to the outside. And you actually can uh, hear um, the faint sounds of what sounds like a crowd, but it's not right outside the window. It may be that it's the sort of sound, you know, coming from the front of the building um, that's passing into the back of it. Um, you've got the desk in the room that I already mentioned, or the table, I should say, and then the chair behind it, and then you've got that one locked wooden door um, that is at the end. This does not look like a cell like the ones you passed, right? It doesn't have the bars, you know, the barred doors and all that kind of stuff, um, but it does have, as I said, it's, it's locked at the moment, um, and there's not a lot in the room other than that table, the chair I mentioned, and then that window in the top right. So the table is just a table. When you said desk, it's not like got drawers or anything. Uh, you could look in the table if you like, um, if you want to do a, uh, if you want to check it out. It looks like a simple table, but if you want, go ahead and make a, uh, let's see, make a uh, an investigation check for me, please. Okay. If you 
And uh, yeah, for some of chat, by the way, good turnout tonight. And I want to say, if you guys are enjoying this, yes, this is more theater of the mind, although we do have a tendency to use maps and things like that when it is necessary. Uh, but this is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons playing Terror of Tribor, uh, Terror in Tribor, I should say, and it's towards the end of the adventure. So we tried to catch you guys up as much as possible, but this is a couple of sessions in. So I'm just, uh, you know, in case you're curious, feel free to ask questions of people in chat and so forth, but that is what we've got going on. So... Um, Selsig, you just rolled a... What do we get here? Nine. Okay, a nine. So, I mean, you, you sort of tap carefully around the top of the table and the underside, but it looks like very basic, you know, 21st century Ikea level, you know, <laughs> um, uh, table. I mean, there's not <laughs> a lot to it. Um, you, there are no drawers in it, per se. And it looks like it was mostly just a place where you would have maybe a guard that would be sort of, you know, heading up a guard shift or something like that would sit mm -hmm. in this room, uh, maybe with the door open to sort of watch what's going on. Um, but it seems to be pretty, you know, basic other than that. It looks like it'll, I mean, it's it's not going to fall apart, but it doesn't look to be super sturdy. Okay. Uh, I'll follow that up by just investigating the room in general with particular focus for maybe a nice button or secret door or something like that. Okay. Ever the optimist. Do another investigation check for me. Where in particular in the room are you looking? Because um, everywhere will take a while. I mean, even if it's a small yeah. room. Honestly, I can't think of what else I can do. So I can just continually check the room while other people maybe look at other things. So I could just be doing the checking in the background. Okay. Ikea called them once their product placement fee. Yeah. The table the table is called Eingvold. And, uh, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, okay. While Selsig is doing that, uh, Justice, Greta, and Urash, what are you guys doing? So, Could I introduce myself to Greta? Because we've not met. Oh. That's a point. You've never no. met? Oh, that's nope. right. No. Okay. Yeah. I, I forgot right. about that. I'm sorry. There's, there's been a little bit of, you know, people coming in I and going out. I was not lying when I said that I was not there. <laughs> you were not there. That's right. I remember that. I, remember I would that. never correct. lie no, no. To, to an official person. <laughs> that is correct. In an I official forgot about investigation. that. Yes. Yeah, so you guys, that's right. Well, I forgot. Which... So you're staring at a half orc and a half orc is staring at a, at, at a gnome. So, uh, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I shake my hand. Friend of my friend. Consider me a friend also. I shake the hand. Greet a golden fire. Pleased to meet you. I'm sorry for the circumstances, but I really didn't set that stuff on fire. And I believe you. It seems like troubling times at the moment. My name is Urash. I'm from the northern province of Pashuk. Okay. What brings you here, Urash? <laughs> Adventure, strangely enough. Unfortunately, I got uh, conned out of my uh, mercenary fee for protecting a merchant, and he left me with his, uh, with his uh, fruit stand, which led me to meeting this fine chap right here, and I motioned to justice. Hmm. And justice, by yeah. the way, and justice, uh, as you may, as chat may remember, was the victor in the arm wrestling competition uh, held between himself yes. and Orash, although it was a very epic one. Indeed. As, yeah. as, as he motions to me, I would like to flex in a very glorified, shiny manner. Okay. <laughs> so you do so. I, I look at My Justice shiny a slight, brother. being slightly uncomfortable currently with his manly yes. stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if there was like, like a spotlight looking down from above, like, yeah! Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I assume I'm you imagine there is such a window. Button. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So I'll, I will heartily slap Justice on the back as though I'm greeting a very old friend, and I'll say, come, friends, we should find a way out of this room. And I will promptly follow my face as he does that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because you, you are... Cool. That's right. Okay, so, um, no, all right. As you're, 
one one door, one window, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one door which is in the south of the room, and then one window, small one, which is in the northeast. Again, window is a little bit generous. It's it's a it's a you know. I don't know if if I'm not sure if this if you've ever had like a basement window, you know, like the sort of smaller, thinner ones, that's more what it is rather than a big, you know, double wide, you know, nice open area. It's not really so much that, but it does seem to be open to the air outside. So it lets in some of the night air Um, and Celsig, uh, you uh, so you made your next check. Okay, so 10. Yeah. So, yeah, as, as you're sort of walking around and, again, tapping the walls, sort of checking out some things underneath the window, uh, there doesn't seem to be any buttons or anything like that. You're not 100% sure that the the town did not spend, it strikes you, this is not state-of-the-art, let's put it this way. You know, you've, you've broken out of, I mean, you've heard people have broken out of rooms that are more impressive than this and uh it's not it's not really um that impressive a facility although it has the you know particular quality of being able to keep you inside at the moment well Celtic, check the door i check the window yeah i was thinking that so uh, i'll go over to the door and is there a keyhole on it or anything i can maybe look through if only there is no keyhole on it um there is a uh, very and you noticed when it first came in that the uh, door opened uh outwards into the hallway and so now is closed and there is um a bar which was sort of placed out like a metallic bar of some kind or it could be a wooden bar like sort of a that just sort of slid over the front of the door so that as you you know open it's like type of thing pretty solidly locked but it looks like not just a standard lock but a lock as if something has been you know put onto the outside of the door to hold it closed um, and so no key, no keyhole as such. Um, there is a little bit of, um, the door doesn't go all the way to the floor, but it's not enough space really for you to be able to see it, uh, see between could the I try bottom and, of the door. The could floor. I try and push the door open, see if I can loosen what's blocking it? You can do that, sure. Uh, are you pushing like, like shove, or are you just like sort of, you know, checking? Um, no, I'll just shove it. Okay, so you do so, and um, it, it does not give way without, I mean, you'd have to very much exert yourself to it. Um, you get the sense, though, that there's not, like, an internal mechanism, like the door actually goes out slightly before it stops. So there is, that suggests that it is, you know, something on the outside is holding it closed. Um, and it seems to be pretty solid, whatever that is. Um, so, Pyron, uh, as you were sort of looking up at the window, um, you can't, I mean, you can see the window from where you are, um, but it's about, you know, 10 feet above you basically this window so you would need to be kind of lifted up if you wanted to get to it or stand on something or something like that I'm not going to ask for somebody to lift me so I'll just push over the desk and um, stand on that Okay, so you drag over the desk, and it sort of rumbles along the stone floor. Um, and uh, and in the meantime, you notice that the sound of the crowd seems to have died away slightly. At least it doesn't seem you don't you no longer hear through the hallway. Although you still hear some uh, sounds of uh, people talking outside the window, not right next to it, but um, and as you so you clamber up onto the table. <clears throat> and as you sort of reach up to the sort of tippy toes, um, you can just sort of peek over the sort of lower lip of uh, the window, and you can see what looks very 
very much like a uh, grassland or sort of like a field um, behind this. Uh, so it sounds like this is the building that is right the back side of the building, and it seems to be next to sort of grassy field type area. Um, and as I say, as you, you feel the sort of night air coming through the window, and you do hear, hear a little bit more loudly the sound of talking because you're right next to the window, um, which is drifting. It's from somewhere else, you know, not right next to the window, but there definitely are people not far away. So, and there's one um, bar is, down the center, by the way. Is um the the grassland that I see is like on on the same level as the window, or Correct. Is it below it? Correct. Oh, it's on like the on the same. The it's on the same level of the window, basically, of the bottom of the window. Um, and there's a bar. Probably the window is about maybe maybe th three feet, two feet high. Maybe it's not. It's not that big. Um, and then a couple of feet. So. Uh, it's and there's a bar in the center of it, um, as I said, but it might be enough to accommodate okay. uh, some people. Okay, Ooh. I googled what three feet are. Um, so <laughs> sorry, um... what does it work out to yards? <laughs> what, what do you what do you guys use in the rest of the world that makes more sense than us? I use feet. Oh, okay. Feet. See, thank you. So the Welsh are with me. That's, that's what matters. <laughs> hey, well, I'm not Welsh. <laughs> right, okay, okay, right. Well, okay. I, I more Racist. broadly, members of the United <laughs> Kingdom before it breaks up. So before I tried to set the wooden door on fire. Uh, was... um, yeah. <laughs> because Let's... because because it would totally prove our innocence if I did that. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to have a look at this at this bar in the middle. Is it somewhere maybe? rusted or just giving up on life or anything so the bar is actually not made of metal here it's made of wood um but it's a pretty thick wood um it's like it looks like and it does seem to be weathered from the elements uh it does seem to be a little bit like not rotted all the way through if only but it definitely has a little bit of rot Legit. on the outside Legit. um okay. and I it did. looks like there it, the center of it looks a little worn down as if someone in the past has like grabbed it and shaken it or something or moved it around that seems that seems to be there yeah um can i don't know how how long the, the windows how deep it is so could i whack at it with a with my mace or would i try to just grip in and rip it out so you well you can do you if you try to do the former if you try to hit it with your mace you don't really have a lot of room to swing at it you'd have to kind of like you know like take the mace and just like you know thrust it at it like blam just try to hit it that way and that's not obviously maces don't work that way so i mean you can nah. try but it's not likely to do anything mm -hmm. or you can try to pull it out although it looks as i said fairly sturdy despite its wear but well i'm also fairly sturdy so i will just like <laughs> grab grab it and push my little feet against the wall and then okay. do the strength thing i guess all right so let's do that so go ahead and do your strength check 14. Okay. So you pull and, you know, like, you know, like pulling against it um, and uh, you hear kind of like a, but it does not break. Um, but it definitely, you hear like, you know, type of thing. So. In other words, it didn't, I'm... it didn't just, it did not completely defy you, but you were not successful. Uh, can I, can somebody please assist me here? I, I think we could yeah. break this out and then the, at least the smaller ones could fit through the window. Could could somebody assist me? Could I can try, I try can I try it? again and maybe somebody helps me? Yeah, uh, like, you pull, grab like pulling I'll, on me. I'll pull you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're going to grab the bar and, and then Urash is going to grab Greta, okay? Um yeah. 
And then, uh, okay, and then Justice, what are you doing? Celsig, I assume you're still working on the door. Uh, well, it's somebody's pretty locked. I'm just sort of watching what's going on. Oh, with all right, interest. okay. All right, Justice, what are you doing? Just lean against the wall, like ah, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> and Justice, what are you? I am sitting on the chair and awaiting for the return of the mayor. Okay, <laughs> disgustedly. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, go ahead and make your uh, strength check, Greta, and then Urash, you'll also be making a strength check. Fifteen. Oh, <laughs> the four is maybe a good thing because uh, I had this oh. image of you ripping Greta into pieces as you as you sort of you know try pulling her, whoops, <laughs> you know. Um, so fifteen. So again, uh, so so Urash attempts like, but Urash is feeling you know it's been a long day you know and and Urash hasn't eaten for a while. It was and even when he did, it was a lot of apples. You know, it was not. So he doesn't you can't really eat apples. So, so Greta, oh, so Greta's like, you know, trying to pull, and again, you hear this kind of, but it does not break free. Um, Celtic, and do you, somehow yeah. he doesn't rip her in half. Correct. Celtic, this, yeah, this, I, I fall over and I'm ripping off. Celtic, this is this is made of of wood. Do you have maybe a tiny saw or something? So it's just uh, <laughs> would my hand axe work? I have a small file. We may be here a while. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> tune in um, in 2019 okay. when... Could I, could I just try and punch it? With All you got to do is get a crit on your filing and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, so, in answer to a couple of questions, the the punching is not... I mean, you can certainly try, but the you know it occurs to you that sort of punching the wood bar is not going to be... I mean, you're strong and all, but like this doesn't look that <laughs> rotten. Um, it seems more okay. likely that from that Greta's sort of theory about trying to pull or push her to something while holding it is le- more likely to do you know something to it. Or oh. the file example uh, might work over time, or other things. Sorry, I, I just double checked. I have actually got a crowbar. Oh well. Well. Okay. And the hammer. Would you would you kindly hand the crowbar? Is that, <laughs> is that to the period of uh, having a crowbar? Uh, yeah, they would have had some, they would have called it a pry bar, probably not a crowbar, but they would have been the same thing. Yeah, they, they were using levers in this medieval faux renaissance time period. Uh, so yes. I don't know, when I think crowbar, I think half-life, so. Yes. (laughs) Right. If you, if you guys are wearing hazmat suits, then we're out of, uh, we're definitely out of the situation. So maybe Celtic, would you hand me the crowbar that I'm pretty sure you only have with you for totally legal, um, adventures? (laughs) I hand it over going, with this, may you make us a free man. <laughs> and, and Greta, yeah. Gret, Greta takes the, uh, the female gnome, takes the crowbar the from the making you a free man, um, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> I crowbarred in that reference. Yeah, I crowbarred in the reference. I like oh, okay, so, uh, so there is actually a spot below uh, the wood, sort of where the wood enters into the stone below it. Um, where you think uh, there might be sort of a spot that you can maybe, you know, like wedge in the edge of the crowbar, if you wish. Should I, should I check on it with stone cunning? Uh, you could definitely do that, although most of what stone cunning is going to do will tell you uh, when it was built and sort of the basics. And um, uh, you no, can, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, no, no. you can. T- I'll, I'll tell you one thing, shoddy, shoddy construction, that's for sure. This is not, uh, this sure. is not high quality, you know. I do. I do want to ask the the question that's on everybody's mind right now. 
Where exactly has he been keeping that crowbar? Yeah, we've everyone... never, we've not seen it at all. <laughs> everyone in chat asked the same question. Very small crowbar. Where was he the hiding the crowbar? <laughs> first time we've ever seen it. <laughs> yes, it is. It is a portable crowbar, not unlike a portable toothbrush. You just, you know, use for the eradication. You unfold it. You unfold it. That's exactly right. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's like you a telescope. It is, crowbar. yeah, you like a telescoping crowbar. So you lock it into place, <laughs> chink, you know. Um, and uh, so, do you wish? Are you are you trying to pry it open, Greta, or were you? Yes, I would like to. Okay. That, that's what I'm doing the whole time. Yes, okay. yes, please. Okay, so you so you lock it in, and then you're trying to pry it down. So let's make a strength check again, but this time you can do it at advantage because you are using the crowbar. So again, advantage means roll twice, and you take the higher of the two results. Okay, let's do it. Roll one. Roll two. 19. Ah, so yes, uh, that 19. So you, you know, like, like this tremendous. And then there's a, there's a, like a horrible splintering sound. And um, you sort of topple backwards into Urash's arms as uh, the thing comes free. And splintering outwards into the field beyond or whatever, the grassland beyond there, is um, what's left of the bar. And you now see that there's some nasty looking splinters of wood at the top and at the bottom, but the center of it is now free. Okay, now we could need your, need your file, please. If we're doing this, we're doing this properly. <laughs> Such a neat breakout. <laughs>